Welcome to the Breakthrough the Ordinary podcast. Are you ready to commit to your future self? If you are, sibling duo Mark and Claudine Tremonte will take you on a journey of self-discovery to unlock your highest potential. Through impactful conversations with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, healers, and coaches, we will share practical strategies and tools to generate the life you envision. New episodes drop every Monday. We have a wonderful uh, guide with us today, coach, transformational leader, Elizabeth St. Germain. She's a published author and founder of Living in Love Lifestyle and Collective. Elizabeth is a passionate teacher who is devoted to conscious love. She's here to impart the wisdom of her committed journey to living in love every moment of every day, and she does. <laughs> As a life transformational guide, Elizabeth gracefully illuminates a path for courageous men and big-hearted courageous women and big-hearted men who are ready to heal their parts of past traumas, love themselves free of who they are not, and liberate the power of love within. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and our chat. Yes, same Same here. here. I've heard so much about you. I know Claude knows you more than me, a little more, and I'm so glad to meet you and to converse with you. I'm looking forward to it. So. I'm, I'm curious as to how you attract and bring forth those courageous women and big-hearted men to you, what that looks like. I live it. I am that. So that's what is the attractive magnetic force, right? We are that. We are what we already am. And when we, when we become more of that, when we love ourselves free of all the layers and layers and layers of the conditioning, of the imprints of the lineage traumas, our essence emerges. It's already there. And when we become that, that sun presence in our own life, we become attractive to ourselves. So we can only attract ourselves wherever we are. We can only attract ourselves. I like that. Yeah. So, so tell us in that, what, what differentiates differentiates you from other coaches and therapists, like the way you work with people? I think our conversation is going to answer that question. (laughs) I think as we, as we step into the conversation, I think that'll be evident because we're each unique, right? So there's no one like you. There's no one like either of you. There's no one like either of me. So, you know, as we continue the conversation, I think my, um, I call it my special blend of love will, will be evident. Mm. And, you know, since I, you know, I'm hearing you say is you embody that in which you are always you, you're, as you return home, I'll say to you, to who your true essence is and attract that, right. People see that and be like, Oh my, like, I want to, I want to come home to me and I want to work with Liz. Do you, also have a way for you to say, you know, this is the time for us to work together, and maybe this is not the time for us to work well, together. Well, I mean, you know, what are you energetic? Yeah, I love that question. And one of the things that I've always said is that wherever you are on your pathway of living in love or your pathway of self-realization, I can and will meet you there. Meaning, what does that mean? That means I have clients who've never meditated. You know, I have I have, you know, I work with you know, 70 plus year old women whose husband came home and said, Hey, I want another life. And they never, ever did any kind of personal development work. You know, 
at 70 plus years old, 80s. I've worked with women in their 80s and I love that because it's never too late, ever. So wherever someone is, I meet them there. I have clients who I've been working with for 10 plus years and you know, they're cosmic cowgirls, <laughs> you know, they want to surf the cosmos and they want to get into the mystery schools and they want to get into the deeper esoteric wisdom. Okay. We can do that. So if really there's a level for everyone to come onto the path, right? Life brings us onto the path from so many different areas of life, right? Doesn't matter as long as we get on the path. It doesn't matter how we get there. As long as we get there, eventually. Mm. And what illuminated your path? Like, so I, I hear, like, I, you know, I've shared with my brother, like, right, I experience you as a shaman, right? As a female embodiment, a shaman. Like, you had even said, you know, like, let me look in my medicine bag. Right? That sense of what mm -hmm. called you forth to these different paths or different entry points on the path. Let me yeah, say it that way. It's been an amazing journey actually. And I think I came out of the womb asking, who am I? Really? I've been a seeker my entire life. I've always questioned everything. Why do we do this? Why do we do it that way? Why do I have to call the priest's father? He's not my father, <laughs> you know, growing up in Brooklyn in a Catholic you know, American, Italian, American family. I mean, we got ushered to church every Sunday and, you know, at a very young age, this may sound a little arrogant for some, but I think your listeners will understand what I mean when I say, I remember that I was God, you know, as a very, at a very young age, I remembered that there's the spark of God in me and that I didn't need anyone to, mediate or be an intercessor or and so i got kicked out of that club and you know and i've just been evolving and evolving and evolving ever since so i stepped on to the path when i was 24 and i had a profound spiritual awakening that i understand very differently now what happened to me then because i didn't have any of this on board then right? Like no one in my world was talking about crystals or past lives or they, you know, the, the medicine women in my family were still in hiding, you know, they were way, way, way in hiding and, and they, they hid behind the rosary, you know, and, um, and that's okay because they were very powerful, very, very powerful. And so, um, I had this profound awakening and it was in a church. I was told I got saved. And it was very interesting because it was at my niece's dedication. Um, I'm the youngest of six. And so one of my oldest brothers um, had converted from Catholicism to very, very left fundamental uh, Christianity. And so he was kind of working on me and working on me and witnessing to me. And, and I remember one day just crying like, like I was in my 20s, like, where is my brother? I miss my brother, you know, because he was so indoctrinated. And so um, they asked me, my brother and sister-in-law asked me to be my niece's godmother, and I accepted. So I was at her dedication. And I had a unification experience. I didn't know what that was then, but I know what it is now. I literally popped out of my body. I had an out-of-body experience. I was watching everything that was going on, and I was in oneness. 
And it, I, I believe that that experience, I understand it now from many, many, many levels. I understand it from the metaphysical level. I also understand it from the real grounded psychological level of what my soul was up to. I think it saved my life. Actually, that experience was a course correction and it set me on a path of my awakened journey. And so at 24, I was living in New York in the cosmetic industry in a very successful career. And this happened. So, and the, so the girl that put her head on the pillow that night was very different than the girl that woke up that morning. And I wanted to know what happened to me because something happened to me something very profound changed in my entire matrix. I was not the same person and I had no reference to anything other than my brother. So he led me to his source and he literally bought me my first study Bible and being the researcher and the need to know kind of soul that I am, I literally immersed myself and I read it from cover to cover and I began having dreams about past life experiences of being a disciple. Now, again, I had no reference to any of this past life memories, but something was opening up and awakening in me, a very, very deep memory. And I've made, I've made a lot up about what that experience meant at different levels of my life, right? So that was at 24. Mm -hmm. I had no reference, so I just followed what my brother's, um, you know, where he was leading me. And I literally took a sabbatical from my work, closed up my apartment, and I ended up celebrating my 25th birthday at one of the most conservative Christian colleges in the country. So there I was, this New York girl, curly hair, a little wild, like amongst all of these very, you know, conservative pastor's children. And I learned something about myself as I reflect on who I was then. I'm a very obedient soul. When my soul says go, I ask when and how am I packing? You know, I've always, I've, as I reflect on my life now and I'm approaching a big milestone birthday next month, Ooh. right? Six decades on the planet. I can look at my life and say, wow, I have just been an, on an adventure. And so that was the awakening. That was a course correction. And it, I had already at that point been in the holistic world because I had a holistic skincare business. So everything that I did was holistic. I was already doing reflexology, aromatherapy, cranial sacral therapy, already eating organic food in the 80s. I mean, my family would... That's right. Like, we weren't talking uh, about yeah. meatballs like this. and sauce. We were in the closet. <laughs> oh, we were like way in the closet. And, you know, my family was like, who are you and what planet are you from? But it's just, you know, I just followed my essence. My And I believe that our essence is like that flower that blooms through the concrete no matter what, it's going to try to express. And if we can become a bit more intimate with ourselves and listen, right? And really, you know, ask, you know, what's my next right step, left or right? And we have the courage to take that step, you know? 
Mm. is we're on a quest. There's no right. There's no wrong. It's always going to lead us. I feel, I believe to love no matter what, you know, there may be some twists and turns. There may be, there's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows. We're going to learn a lot about ourselves, but it's a magnificent journey. So that was the beginning. And then I evolved into energy work and I started, um, learning some of my earliest teachers were, um, Louise Hay, Carolyn Mace, Barbara Brennan. Like these were my, my early, you know, big time listening to podcasts. I was a workshop junkie, you know, <laughs> and, and also sound. And, and I, I stepped into the sound world. So I've been a certified vibrational practitioner from the early nineties, like 91. So I still have my original tuning forks, literally. I've had those since the 90s. And, um, and so I got into energy work. And then I got into the, conscious, the consciousness realm, actually here in Florida. Um, I was living in Florida. It was 92. And I found a place that many, of, many Floridians probably know about, South Florida, um, you know, natives that were here then. It was a place in Deerfield Beach called the Center for Effective Living. And when I found that place, I was in the corporate world at that point. I was working for AT&T Wireless in corporate sales. And when I found that place, I was home. I started doing iridology chiropractics, colonics, I mean, everything and anything I could, 92 I'm talking about, right? Like, and then I got mm -hmm. into, I stepped into the conscious language world with Bob Stevens, who's the founder of Mastery Systems. And he's one of the pioneers of conscious language and many elegant systems of upgrading human consciousness, like bio-optic holography, which is iridology with consciousness, right? Whew. Right, exactly. And so here I was, you know, in the corporate world, I'm a young mom, my daughter was two years old, and I am just like, you know, elevating to this next level. I had that experience. And then everybody kind of went in different directions. There were a lot of people in South Florida at that time that were like making a Mecca to Asheville, North Carolina. I, I mean, a lot of people moved during the early 90s up to Asheville. And then I went on my merry way. I had this experience, this amazing experience, a weekend mastery class with Bob, um, woke up something in me again, another awakening. And, um, you know, we went out separate ways and reconnected 25 years later when I had a lot more on board because once I stepped into, onto the mystical realm, the shaman path, truly, I haven't turned back. And it's interesting you say that, Claudine. I really appreciate that reflection because I don't call myself a shaman because I'm not indigenous. I'm not from of an indigenous culture. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really my own, uh, it isn't anything like I practice per se. You know, I, I certainly don't, um, I don't brand myself that way. It's a part of who I am. It's just the deep, Mm -hmm. wisdom, you know, of the earth. And I have been very fortunate to have amazing mentors. My first uh, shaman mentor was in Eastern Cherokee. And so that was an amazing experience before the internet, 
we literally, I apprenticed with her for eight years by phone. And I came to her, you know, however we come to the path, like I was saying, I met her because I was looking for someone for my daughter at the time who was seven years old and struggling with adjusting to moving to Maryland. And I had a friend of mine um, who is a, a lazurist, which is a, a, veil, a form of veil painting through Rudolf Steiner's work of anthroposophy. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Rudolf Steiner, who's the founder of the Waldorf schools. Mm-hmm. Waldorf yeah, school. So my daughter is an alumni and, uh, and so she was in the Waldorf school. And so I had an artist come to my home to paint a mural in her bedroom to help her soul her space. It was very intentional, very. And so we spent a couple of days together. And inevitably, sometimes what happens when you're hanging, hanging out with someone, you're getting to know them, that that statement, I don't know why I'm going to I'm telling you this, but I feel like I need to tell you this. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's, a, you know, it, that usually ends up emerging in the conversation. And he said, I, I feel like I really want to introduce you to this woman who I had an experience with. And she was the shaman. Her she, her, she went by the name of Great Bear. And so I called her for my daughter. She gave me the wisest sage advice that I kept in the pocket of my consciousness. And when I came out of the broom closet, it was one of my principles that I always work with, which is I don't work with children until I work with their parents. And that's what she said to me. And I said, sign me up. Mm. when do we start you know let's do this and I really she taught me so much because my daughter was so she's such a big energy that literally she would have major meltdowns right as a child and like blow holes in my auric field I could feel my energy just like she was so powerful and I needed to know how to care for myself right self-preservation I needed to know how to take care of my energy and also support her. Um, and so that was the beginning of my mystical realm. And then later on in 2007, I met my Quechua Andean shaman, who I actually posted um, just a couple of days ago, his new book. And um, Oh, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, Amara Lee. And so we, he and I, um, at that point, I had already so much, you know, in my medicine bag that when we met, it was more of a brother sister meeting, you know? And so I apprenticed with him for just a couple of years to learn his, uh, lineage and to connect with the lineage, the Quechua lineage. And then we ended up doing work together. And when I was in Baltimore, we did many, many circles together and, um, and, and he's here in Florida, actually, in Peru. He's Florida and Peru. So um, it's been an amazing journey. And I'm, and then four years ago, um, I had another awakening. Actually, five years ago, I had another awakening. And I think this is really important because we can talk about all of the spiritual modalities. We can talk about all of these tools. And ultimately, they also can be a distraction is very impressive, a big part of my work. They can be, they can keep us out here, right? Because I have, oh, I've got my tarot cards and oh, I have my crystals and oh, I have, no, 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 no. Like we have to become that, you know, like I am my tuning forks. I am my drum. I am in, I, we embody that. 
but also it can keep us from doing the real work, the real work of, you know, um, and it's very obvious as we move through life and we're in our 50s, 60th decade on the planet, we can begin to see these patterns that we repeat. You know, that's what I wanted to get to. Like, as you were talking about all this, that you bring it in that like, when you say it's like you start looking at the father and mother wounds, right? We start going back to look at why the pattern started. And so can you describe all that for our oh, listeners? Yeah. Like uh, the father, mother wound, how you deal or work through. Yeah. Or... Yeah. And, and I will say um, to also touch on the question that you began with, what differentiates me is this one thing I think is a very different perspective. Most, healing modalities, whatever you want to call it, therapy, coaching, whatever, begins after we take our first breath, right? We start our journey, we take our first breath and we're a baby and we have that zero to seven in utero to seven years old, right? But really from, you know, really it's like zero to two, we're really imprinted. But there's a story beneath that story. And that's our energetic blueprint. That is... When we take our first breath, we literally breathe in the vibrations of what's in the sky. And that becomes our natal chart, our astrological natal chart, our horoscope, right? And if you look at your natal chart, which you can pull up on many, many different um, websites with your birth date, your birth city, and your time, very important, you literally can see the blueprint that your soul chose, the roadmap that your soul, soul chose for this incarnation to evolve through. Because the soul is infinite. The soul is infinite, but we have incarnations. And at least let's just deal with this one, right? We have this incarnation. Because now is the power moment of transformation. This now moment ripples out to infinity, right? So whatever we do now, it ripples out. We don't even have to worry about past lives. You know, it's like, right here right now can we just deal with this <laughs> this is enough right this is yeah, enough it'll clean it exactly up, yeah. let alone you know worrying about my akashic records and you know i am the akashic record life is going to show me what's in the akashic records of you know my journey um so i bring it's very practical but that's the place to begin because here's what i say about that we don't we aren't who we am I'm going to say it this way. It's going to follow me. We aren't who we are because of the mother and father we have. We have the mother and father that we have because of who we am. We live in a holographic mm. universe. There's only one of us here. And I don't mean that in a very cliche way. I mean that literally. We live in a holographic universe. So... Uh, the projection of that energy that we are, that blueprint, has, we have a sun, father, we have a moon, mother. And the 3D manifestation of those energies is mom and dad. Now, when we understand that energetic nature of our moon, which is our subconscious, the moon represents our subconscious, we can understand what is running our life. Because until we make the unconscious conscious, it will control our life and we'll call it fate. Right? 
So that's the work that I really do in essence is bringing what's unconscious to the light out here so we can do something different with it because if it's hidden, it has power. If we bring it to the light, the subconscious can literally reorganize it and it does it. Mm -hmm. It does it on its own. There's no work. It's just making the connections and language is the tool. Language is a profound tool. tells us the whole story. Right. But when we understand that there's a story beneath the story, you know, it just doesn't begin at our first breath. No, that's a good place to start. Absolutely. And if we can follow that even deeper to know thyself, who am I? You know, I'm, I'm Virgo sun. I'm Capricorn moon. These are energies that make up me. I don't have the sun in Virgo. I am Virgo sun. I was born under the Virgo sun. So that energy imbued in me, it, it is who I am. It's woven into the fabric of my being. I can't help it, you know, and my soul chose that for me to evolve in this lifetime. So when I understand the qualities of those energies, I can see how they play out in my life. And as my, my mentor says, who I stepped onto another path four years ago, you know, every relationship in our life is a planet on two feet. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's pretty, it is comical when we start looking, it's like, oh my God, there goes Mars. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and yes, mom is our first love. She is our first love. You know, when we, when a baby looks into her mother's face or his mother's face, he sees himself, falls in love with himself, right? And so there is that original wound, right? And each moon represents mom. So your moon and your chart represents mom. It shows you, it can show you what wound you came here to heal. We all have a Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer. We can see the wound we came here to heal. And then the art, which it really is an art, is to dance with that and what's happening in your life and, you know, and how is it manifesting and how is it showing up, you know? Um, and it really is an art. It's, it's um, which I happen to love dancing with. Um, because for me in my work, I'm a mirror for my client's discourse. I'm a mirror, right? So our discourse is our narratives, how we talk about life. We can hear it. Mm -hmm. We can listen. We can, we speak our chart, you know, we speak our subconscious nature. Mm -hmm. And when we have that mastery to, to, to hear, you know, and, and some of us have, we all have different gifts, innate gifts. We all have innate gifts. Right. I mean, and bringing them online is the is the journey, really. Right. To because you can you could probably look at your life and notice that there were things in your life that you had an affinity for. You know, whether it was art or or sports or there's an affinity. Right. Well, that's your nature. That's your energy. That's who you are. You know, I have always had an affinity for nature. Always. Even when I lived in Brooklyn. It was like, you know, where can I go to nature? My soul yearns for it because 
that's what Virgo is. It's the earth. You know, it's, it's, that's a part of my nature. So when we really begin to know thyself, we can honor who we are. One of the things for me, actually, um, you know, this is a, this is a good way to describe when we're not aware of what our nature is, how we can kind of work against ourselves. Right. So I've always had the need to kind of pull back in life. You know, I kind of withdraw and retreat. And there was a time where I really, I felt that like that was something was wrong with me. <laughs> you know, like I didn't know that that actually is my nature and I needed that. And when I began to really understand that it changed so much for me, it changed the way I worked in my practice. I knew that I needed, I was honoring myself to recharge, right? To go in into that deep well, right? To bring forth wisdom. And so now it's kind of a bit of a, a, a kind of a joke with, with my community where they know when I go offline, I let them know I'm going offline. Like they can't wait to see what I come out with because they, they know I'm going in and I'm going to come out with something, some jewels. That's just my nature. But I didn't always understand that. So rather than harmonize with it, I was trying to change it to fit in into this doing, 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 doing machine that of the matrix that we live in. And I really believe that it's important for us to pull out of that matrix, right? Live in the matrix, but not of the matrix. Live in the world, but not of the world. But you, and for thought leaders like you and me, and I'm sure many of the, uh, all of your other guests, it's really important for us now to, to be in our sovereignty, to be in our, our power so that we can use this matrix for good. Because this is the planet we live on. When you're working with a client and you, you know, shared with us, there's people who've never meditated yeah. you work with. And I'm sure that means that there's the end of the part where there's people who are their own tuning forks and are aware of that. And, and to nurture their path of healing and letting go of who the narrative they've carried, is there, you know, you suggest pathways and tools or is that get revealed in, in your work with them? So like, you know, you can be working with somebody and it's like, I'm not a meditator. I'm not this. Or however they had their labels. But it's like, yeah, if you want to bring forth, do you suggest or do they and you together come forth and go, you know, yeah. But to find your true nature, you're going to need to sit outside under the sun for an hour. I'm yeah, I get what you're saying. That, that sense of how do you, how does that dance reveal itself um, for their yeah. healing as part of their Well, work? first of all, I bow to their soul. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. You know, their soul is in charge. I have no idea what my client's soul's up to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have no, I have, I, I can't even imagine to know what's going on in the intimacies of their consciousness. I don't ever assume that. But their words tell me everything. The words are the portal. I can tell someone where they are in consciousness in the first three words that they say. And then my work is to artfully lovingly in a, in a very secure way, guide them to making a connection. Right. And very often there are, and, and it really ta- and it takes time. 
takes time. So for instance, if I'm just starting to work with someone, I might not be able to say something to them as directly as I can six months from now because they need to be prepared. But there, there's, there's moments where they speak something and all I have to do is ask a question and it opens up a whole air awareness that they were not able to access before that moment. Because there's so much we don't have access to. And it's a good thing. <laughs> right? It, uh, it, re it reveals yeah. when we're ready, exactly. right? Like in that sense. It's a good thing because, you know, it's out of our yeah. box and we, 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 we pushed it down, repressed it or suppressed it for good reason. Because it was too painful for our tender psyche as a child to process. So when I work with parents, one of the, one of the things that we work with is, you know, a parent's role is to digest life for their child, right? What's going on? How I can, I'm sure you can imagine and think about times in your life where things happened and no one explained anything to you. Yes. All of a sudden whoosh, life changed. What happened? Right? So a child has to do something with that. They put it someplace in, a, in the body, usually. Right? And if it's not digested, if the parents are not digesting it, meaning supporting the child with how do you feel about that? So they can name what they're experiencing, if that's the key, if we can't name it, that's what we do in coaching and in therapy, we're helping people name what happened to them. I put words to it so we can reorganize it. So the subconscious can do something different with it. So as you know, when we talk about the, the mother wound, the child, the father wound, we're talking about that, you know, that zero to seven age, right? Which is, we're lunar in, in astrology. That is our lunar subconscious cycle where we're just taking everything in, absorbing everything, the imprint, the conditioning, and then the psyche does something with it and then it rinses and repeats it for the rest of our life until we decide we have to do something different and deconstruct what we constructed our life on, all the distortions that we constructed our life on and reconstruct it mm -hmm. on a life of our truth, on a foundation of our truth, ultimately. Mm -hmm. So if we can start this, so I'm really passionate about children and parenting like that for me. And it's and inevitably it's so interesting. Um, I didn't plan on this, but from very early on when I was doing mostly energy work and um, a lot of the mystical stuff when I was in Baltimore, I'd work with a mom or a dad and inevitably they'd say, would you work with my, my daughter or my son? Cause they're really struggling. We're going through a divorce and we're really struggling. And I was like, wow. Okay. So I started working with teenagers and I have teenagers that I was working with, you know, at 16 years old back in 2007, 2008, who write me today, you know, and they're in their thirties and they're, you know, graduating Johns Hopkins aerospace, you know, program. And they'll say to me that our sessions made such a profound impact in their life that they still carry with them what they learned during that time. And it's humbling. It's, and it's rewarding. 
So for me, when I have an opportunity to work with children, not very young, but teenagers, so that, you know, they get it now, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they're not waiting 30, 40 years to start unpacking things, right? They're, they're, they're digesting what they're experiencing now and, and living in, in the world that, you know, they're living in now, which is you know, very different than what we grew up with. Right. I mean, so, um, so that's one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about and very grateful. Again, not something that I brand myself as, or it, it just comes to me, you know, it just, and I say, okay. And I tune in, you know, is this the right, is this a good fit? And, you know, uh, there's not much that we need to figure out. Life shows us kind of everything, really. It's like what happens is perfect and what doesn't happen is perfect. You know, if anything, if something is like trying to fit a circle in a square, it's like mm, not happening. It's okay. Let it go. You know, it's better for better that it hasn't happened, you know, and I, I find that life will do that um, if we allow, you know, our higher self, our soul life, whatever you want to call it to guide us, we save ourselves a whole heck of a lot of, you know, discomfort, oh. right? It's like, we don't have to look far. Just listen. Yeah, sure. It's just a matter of listening. <laughs> and if we don't, we yeah. learn, we learn yeah. and we go around and we learn and we rinse and repeat until we want, we're ready to do something different. So, Yeah. I joke, rinse and repeat. Sometimes I get whacked from not listening. Yeah, oh, that cosmic two yeah. by four, right? Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I never heard that expression. You never heard that expression? Yes. Oh, that's an old one. No, the cosmic oh, two by four. One. That's a good one. <laughs> I haven't used that one in a long time because I really choose to make it easy. You know, I choose. You know, I choose it to be grace and elegance. Doesn't mean we're not gonna touch pain doesn't mean that we're not going to have to go to the hard places, right? It doesn't mean that we have to, you know, but we can do it with, with compassion. We can do it with massive love. Um, you know, and I have been around Mm. mentors and coaches that kind of do the cosmic two by four, you know, energy, you know, and I'm like, Mm. okay, there's another way. Yeah, it feels very repetitive of mm. the mother-father wound in a different way. And it works for some people to get all same results. I um, believe that's true. Now, I believe yeah. that's true. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's like, can we bring in more love? Can we begin to actually understand how powerful this force is in us? That it is our greatest ally. If we can touch it and access it within ourselves, it awakens in our world. But it, to nurture that, if we could speak into that for a moment for our listeners, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I hear where you're coming from. And if there is some ways that you could say are maybe not the ultimate, but ways that, to nurture that connection of love, of self, of universe, of spirit. Life will show us every day as we surf the emotional scale. Right. So when we get a hit with an emotional charge, even on social media, let's say you're surfing social media, it's perfect. I mean, it's really the best place to do that kind of work. 
and you read something and it, and it touches something in you, right? That's the place to go. That's the portal. What was that in me? Not out here, like, you know, and then there's a reaction, but what was, what did that touch? Like, wow, what did that touch in me? And then we can start opening up to a deeper place within ourselves that, you know, we buried something painful. And when we can, when we learn how to navigate that realm, right, and we live to tell the story, which is really important because we don't go there because ultimately we, on some level, feel we're not going to return, right? We're not going to come. If I go, if I go, I've heard that many, many times. Can't go there, Liz. Okay. How many people have said that in relationships? I'm not going there. Talk to the hand, not going there. Well, I think it's important that we respect that because that's the subconscious telling us I can't go there and we need to really respect that. But then we can learn how to navigate it in a different way, come around in a different way where it can be received. And that takes skill. It takes finesse. It takes patience. It takes love. Mm -hmm. And when we can... You know, when we can do this for ourselves, if you're, you know, you're having a conversation, if I can use something actually real practical and something that we experience, the three of us experience just recently. Sure. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So we had an experience the other day where we were planning to record and all kinds of technical things were happening. Right. So for me, I was in harmony, like I was in total harmony, like, okay, it's, you know, not happening, but this, but something is happening here. Do you know what I mean? Like there was something happening other than what we were supposed to, we thought we were supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So my, for me, my work would be, was there any disharmony in me? Was there any kind of emotional charge? Was there any judgment? Was there anything about Did I have anything up around what was going on? And if I did, that would have been the portal for me to go in to say, what was that about? You know, what was happening, Liz? What was, what were you feeling? So I'm sure you both had opportunity. You have opportunities to kind of go in and look at your responses, what was happening. Right. And, you know, for me, um, how do we get to this place of being connected, but being detached, right? Not disconnected, but detached, very different, but still staying connected in our heart. How do we get there? Layer by layer by layer of emotional charges of being stripped of attachments of any kind of outcome. And, you know, for me, um, Fortunately, and unfortunately, I've had some pretty profound shakeups in my life to strip me of any concept of idea of our, or identity that I have any control over anything. And those are the places where we get taken down to our, to our essence, right? And and I'll just use this. You've heard this. It's kind of uh, cliche ish, but it's not. We don't sweat the small stuff. 
And it's in that work of being stripped down of the identities or whatever we made up of things and we can go into that place of healing. That's what brings us to love because love is already there. Love is already there. So it's when we can take, when we can use fear as a portal, anger as a portal, because all energy has a trajectory. There's a polarity to all energy, right? So the polarity of deep sadness and grief is joy, right? It's joy. And that it, that is our essence. So when we learn how to navigate, when we can be courageous enough to, and, and honest enough with ourselves to say, you know, that doesn't feel good. That really touched me. What is it in me though? Like that question right there is gold. What is it in me that said that? What is it in me that reacted that way? What is it in me? It's gold. The question always compels an answer. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I just share, I could use the example of what happened the other day and it was, there's parts of me that want to look perfect or come across perfect or good. And it, I had a little charge on it and it was just looking yeah. at, yeah, I was charged, but it was that part of, I want to look good. Or, you know, I've heard a lot about Liz and I, you know, I, I want her to see me in a certain mm. light or whatever that yeah. is. Um, um, but it was just, I, you know, slowly unpack that of, you know, giving away that attachment to I'm not perfect, but I want every, you know, I want to be liked that way or seen that way. Um, But but I I wanted to share as you were speaking, you you know, you, and I agree with you, it's that deep listening, that soul, that spirit, whatever it is about us. And not everybody's going to get to work with you. Maybe some people watch this and go, I want to work. Is there a couple of tools or ways that somebody could start that process in a gentle way? Like, as you said, some people have never meditated. What a, a couple tools that they can start to listen or see, you know, that those first steps of, ooh, ooh, you know. Noticing. You, yeah, noticing or yeah. becoming aware. Can you give Sure. A- well, first I want to say thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that, your charge around. I really appreciate that. And there's so much more to that underneath that, right? As a matter of fact, it's funny you use that word because – I'm going to do a live in my uh, Facebook group on perfection because we're in Virgo season. And I mean, who doesn't call a Virgo? I'm a Virgo. (laughs) Did I say we speak our chart? Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. Um, That's hilarious. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. We didn't plan that. I didn't pay you for that. (laughs) No, That was great. So, um, you know, you, you know, Claudine, you actually said it, it's observation, it's self non-judgmental being the observer, the non-judgmental observer of self, meaning begin listening to what you're saying. So, I mean, we're not trained for this. And so when I'm sitting with a client, they'll start getting into their story and, you know, we get so invested in this story and it's like, you know, really devoted to this story and committed to like bringing it forward with like, you know, all the juiciness and, and I'll stop them and I'll say, just take a breath for a moment and share the story from the place of listening to what you're saying, 
rather than speaking to me. Mm. Speak to yourself. What are you saying? And, and what will happen is the words will wake us up because words are sigils. Words are energy packets. I mean, if we can look at letters, they're mandalas of light, they're frequencies of light. They're, it's consciousness. And when we listen to our voice, even we feel our voice, the tonation, or, you know, we might say the same, what, what was that in me? Where did that come from? Right? And we can begin to continue to ask the question and start walking down a pathway that will bring us to a place as far as we can go until we start feeling emotion and words will immediately. And one of the earliest things that, um, you know, my conscious language mentor taught me was specificity hmm. because when we be, when we get specific, we activate the feeling world. And one of the hijacks of the subconscious is to keep us being vague. You know, I, yesterday, yesterday, uh, I started a six month program with, at a mastery level with clients that I've been working with for a long time. And we've been, you know, we've been practicing this. And so one of the things that was so simple, even for any people who have been practicing and being aware of language and trained in conscious language, there was something that was said, and you'll, you might notice this in language where we leave the eye out. We leave I out. And so the communication was, she wasn't even in the communication. It was like starting with not doing this. Who? Who's not doing that? Oh, I. And the emotional body immediately went, oh, you're, you're talking to me. It's not out here anymore. You went, you know, like you really touched something in yourself. And that is the most important thing if we can be there and stay there. So self-observation and then just being willing to feel. Letting your body know it's okay to feel. And dipping your toe in the water as far as you can go. And, and taking care of yourself to not go too far. Right. Because when we do that, we cultivate inner trust. That little subconscious, innocent child who's running the show, you know, goes, oh, wait a minute. You know, she's she's taking care of me. Oh, I can trust her. I'm going to give her I'm going to give her a gift of insight that I've been holding since I'm two years old. She hasn't had access to this, but I've been holding on to it. Because the subconscious is, was there taking notes, you know, and we'll get a little memo from the subconscious because we, <laughs> we cultivated some inner trust rather than, no, she's going to do the same thing she's done, you know, for the past 30 years, 40 years and dissed me or judged me or beat me up or why would I want to share anything with her? little child right mm -hmm. thank yeah. you yeah thank you. That's, yeah that's powerful wow
Appreciate that. We, we have this section where we um, usually provide a, we call it a challenge, but it's an opportunity for our listeners to embody or, or uh, something about our, our guests, with our guests, the topic. And usually we create that, but this is where we're going to invite you to be the co-creator, and we spoke yeah. about this. The, is there something that, you know, um, they can do to embody an aspect of what we're speaking about? And then we ask them to post a picture of it on our Instagram. Oh, wow. Um, or a Facebook page yeah. demonstrating that and tagging us and you. Is there something that would embody this conversation today? Yeah, I really love that. Um, well, you know, just to be um, consistent with what we've been talking about, right? So if, if you, mm -hmm. if anyone listening is willing to accept this challenge, um, mm -hmm. if you, I would say in your self-observation, notice, be aware of where you are speaking. We'll just keep it in this context, judgmental to yourself, mm. right? Let's just keep it there. Where you, when you hear yourself judging yourself, can you take a breath, say it's okay, I give myself permission to feel and breathe and love and really say these words like it's okay. Like literally put your hand on your heart and say it's okay. I love, I breathe, I touch, right? I feel it's okay. And then share with us the shift that takes place. Like like what happened in your body when you just did that? Like if you can really relaxation. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> just a relaxation. Uh, relaxation. And it, it, what came was a relaxation and the podcast was perfect. There's no judgment on it. At all. Uh, it's, like, it's perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. And that's, so I, I, I feel that that is a place to start because when we can love ourselves in that way, right? Love wakes up in us. Mm. It really does. Mm. Thank you for that. And please share with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the BTO podcast, you know, what the shift was, as we say, it is okay. Yeah. Right? So Read, just so you I know, heard that permission. Yeah, we share ours too. So we're in Yeah, I'm in it. Listen, I'm doing my version of it as yes. well. You know, I'm always in it. Always, always, always. Yeah. Um, we want to go to, I'm, I'm sorry I'm good. to interrupt you. We do have a section here where we shift this to quick fire questions okay. that are really um, very quick answers to quick questions. And we'll wrap there. Um, so my first quick question to you is, who has been one of the most influential people uh, in your life? Why? Mm, my mother. Anything you would like to share as to why? Yeah, she's, um, she was my model for compassion without even knowing that that's what she was modeling for me because she had a very, very rough life and never hardened and always had a soft spirit, you know, very, uh, New York straight 
direct, no filter, but, you know, <laughs> but very compassionate. <laughs> You can relate, huh? Our mother's given us a lot of, yeah. Uh, what does God mean to you? Spirit, God, what does it mean Consciousness, to you? light. What do you want your legacy to be, Liz? Mm. What we're talking about, living in love, embodying love. And I didn't plan that. My chart spoke through me, you know, my essence. And if, you know, when we look at it, when I look, when I began really understanding, that's who I am. I, I understood what I've been doing my entire life. Looking for love in all the wrong places for a long, long time. <laughs> Until I went within. And I found love and I found love here. So embodying love. Well, great. What's your superpower? Good question. Um, I have x-ray vision in the underworld, in the subconscious realm. I really do. I didn't understand it. But it would be communicated to me, for instance, through friends that would say to me, Oh, my God, it's so annoying that you know what I feel before I even feel it, you know, and, or as a child, how do you know, how did you know that? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just knew. Uh, and then of course get in trouble because I knew something that I wasn't supposed to know. Um, and I've learned that, you know, again, and this is my moon. The, you know, even the placement of my moon shows that. So I knew it before I understood why, right? Which is always very cool. It's like, oh, well, that's why, of course. Um, but really, truly, I, I've understood it as I truly have x-ray vision in the, in the unseen realm. Um, I've had coaches say to me, when are you going to claim you're the queen of the underworld? And I'm like, I don't think ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think so. I don't need right. to do that. I am that I am, <laughs> you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> is there any, any last, um, you know, pieces of wisdom you'd like to share, uh, with our, our guests, mm. our, I should say our yeah, listeners. Thank you. Um, let me just check in and see what wants to be shared. We are living in, um, obviously we know this, we are living in a time on the planet. We've all chosen to incarnate at this time on the planet to experience together what we're experiencing. And what we're experiencing is a deconstruction of a very old system. And we're pioneers of that. Many will say, oh, we're in the Aquarian age. Well, not yet. We're still taking down the old age of suffering. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've, we're still coming out of the Piscean age. So think about all the archetypes of what that age represents. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we're deconstructing that. And so we're seeing it and the planet, we're seeing it out here, but it's also happening in here. 
we're each going through our own deconstruction of values, ways of living on the planet that don't serve us anymore. And it's a very um, insecure time because we don't know what's next. What's next hasn't yet presented itself. So we're in this space, you know, of uh, the, um, the in-between space. So my, my words for the listeners is get help, being community, right? Be connected, um, find your inner truth, find what you value, what's important for you. Um, and rather than get caught up in the frenzy of fear, pull out of that as much possible and find your inner peace because that's going to guide you. That's, that really is going to be our guide. Um, because it's, we're not through this yet. We're going to see more. We're going to see more deconstruction. Mm -hmm. And so I just say, stay in your heart. Just really stay in your heart. And when you feel yourself going out, ready to go out with reaction of anything other than understanding, compassion, communion, go in and find what that is in you that wants to react rather than projecting it on someone else, because we can communicate. The word communicate as the word union, communion. It means to commune, to build a bridge of division. That's what communication can do. It can build a bridge. We're bi bridge builders. Be a bridge builder, right? Be a bridge builder by communing with self first finding what that, that reaction is in you and then communicate from a different mm -hmm. frequency because we can, we can have differences of opinions. I mean, this, we have to, we should mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But can we yeah. communicate from love? We can't, if we haven't found it in ourselves yet. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm, as I had said to you earlier, thank you for your grace. Oh. Mm -hmm. Very, very grateful. That was a wonderful experience. Yes. It of was. you. Oh, thank <laughs> yes. you. And your wisdom. Thank you. I very appreciate grateful. the opportunity to share with you and your audience. I really do. It's been a pleasure. And, and also, um, you know, just sharing in this way is um, I haven't, I've come through my own cycle of shifting and then like, oh, who am I now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's nice to experience, you know, having this conversation with you to see what comes forth. Thank you. Mm -hmm. well, thank yeah. you. And uh, we will be giving our listeners information on how to contact you. And uh, you do also provide such rich shares um, and some deep shares in, on, on social media. So there's also the opportunity to experience your essence. Yeah. There, even though it's mm -hmm. not, it's a gift and this is a, another level of intimate okay. gift today. Well, i'll be in the show notes how to connect with you if they want to work with mm -hmm. you and all that okay, so. thank you thank, thank you, you very much thank and you. thank you for um opening this platform 
congratulations. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Thanks. So we're going to we're going to sign off with a little thank you for listening to Breakthrough of the Ordinary podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and our deep dive in, into love um, so that you can live your extraordinary life. If you'd like to support the podcast, please leave a rating and share this with others on social media. And to catch the latest, you can follow the BTO podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. And thank you again. And we'll see you next Bye. time. Thank you. 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 Thank you.